You are listening to the Heath Fluids Podcast. And we're having candid and actionable conversations about your health, relationships, business, and ministry. And now here's your host, the second chance coach for men, Michael David Huey. Guys, welcome to another session of the HeFluence podcast. My name is Michael Huey. I'm the founder and CEO of HeFluence. And guys, I get super excited about every um, podcast that we do, but you guys know with, at HeFluence, we want to help men, we want to help inspire men to walk in purpose. We want to help them in their health, their relationships, and their business, and their ministry. And um, today, I'm super excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a brief introduction of him because I want him to inter, inter, introduce himself a little bit and tell you a little bit about himself. But I just want to share what, something to encourage him when we start. I know he doesn't know that I'm going to do this, and he's probably laughing and wondering what I'm going to do. But I just want to tell you that at a certain point in my life, when I started doing these podcasts, I started being interviewed on different podcasts. And the person who I had on my very first podcast, my friend Tim Douglas, said to me, by hearing me on somebody else's podcast, it feels like he got to know me a little bit better. And what I want to be on here is completely humble and transparent. And at a, and at a very young age, um, I, Dr. Langley was a mentor to me and actually a tough mentor to me. Uh, and I don't even know if he remembers this, but he came to me and he said, hey, look, if you don't figure this out, the rest of your life is not going to be good. And, and I was in a relationship that, was, that I thought was going somewhere and it wasn't going anywhere. It was, I thought it was going somewhere, but the other person didn't think it was going anywhere, right? And Dr. Langley said, look, and he took me right to the word. And he said, look, if you don't stop doing what you're doing, you're gonna have to go find another church. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And, and I remember to this day, it was actually a turning point in my life. So God puts people in your life at the perfect time that you need to hear what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. And I can tell you that being his friend back then, we've been friends now for many, many, many years. And, um, you know, uh, just recently he called me about into the ministry and, and doing those type of things in the marketplace. And to be honest with you, um, it was another answer to my wife and I's prayers and Randall and I before we got on we were just talking about that and about and I, I shared with him today when he called me doing a little bit of prep for this about some things that God's really doing we left 28 years of living in Clearwater Florida where where I met Dr. Langley at and um, and he's been in some different places since then he was in South Carolina and now he's back in Pensacola and so um, I'm going to do a little gallery view so that we have both of us on here at the same time, but um, I'm not going to do too much of an introduction because I want him to tell you about himself, as I said before, but Dr. Randall Langley is my friend. He's been a, a, a mentor and a pastor to me for years. He, he's the president and CEO of the Christian Life School of Theology, which is where I spent eight years of my life studying the Word of God, and, and, and it's really funny. Um, I left this message to him earlier uh, people tell me that my public speaking skills are above and beyond what they normally see. And, and I told him this, I, I credit it to three, three things in my life. Number one was my, my uncle who led me to Christ um, at a very young age, was a, was a phenomenal speaker um, at Toastmasters, right? 
And everybody, if, if you're watching, I'm sure if you're a little bit older like Dr. Langley and I, you've probably heard of Toastmasters at one time in your life. But if not, you, you need to, because it's still going strong to this day. A lot of people learn and grow and learn how to publicly speak by being a part of Toastmasters. And then I said, Dr. Langley actually taught um, a CLST course on how, to, on how to preach and how to speak. And um, I actually found that message and those syllabuses when Lisa and I moved into my new home. And, and I was like, wow. And, and, and then my friend Cole Hatter uh, taught me a lot about it. And so between the three of them, but it still goes back to those divine appointments that I had with Dr. Langley. He, he's an amazing husband. He's an amazing father. Both of his kids are super talented. I always say, I tell my wife this all the time, one of these days I'm going to see Jonathan on TV. And then, and then, and, and it's going to happen because he's one of the best actors ever. I know he went to acting school and, and did all this stuff. And, and, and then his daughter, Jessica, is phenomenal at music. Like, she just has a sense and a keen for music. And so, um, welcome to the He Films Podcast, my friend, my mentor, Dr. Randall Langley. Thanks for joining me today, my friend. Thanks, Michael. It's my honor to be on with you and to be a part of your podcast today. Awesome. So, did you know, do you remember some of those times that we had together when you were really tough? <laughs> Actually, I do. I remember very well because uh, <laughs> you were a pretty... Uh, uh, pretty interesting, tough nut to crack, as we used to say. I, I remember, I remember this, and this was during that time frame. And I'll never say I told Lisa about it. And and for those of you who don't know, um, when Lisa and I got married, we brought Dr. Langley down from South Carolina to 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 marry both both Lisa and I at the time. And he was pastoring a church um, up in South Carolina, Evangel Evangel Cathedral. Is that how you say it? Did I say right. it? Okay. And I remember him saying. So he said, "Why is a person?" that's super fit, super healthy, very successful and good looking single for like 30 some years. And I was like, wow, like let's just cut to the chase, right? And, and I told Lisa that, like that was during those time frames when he was just really sharpening me. And I don't even know if you remember saying that, but that was just funny. I, I remember a lot of things you said, so. Well, um, I'm glad that you did. You know, part of, uh, I think part of it is the desire to see people uh, maximize their God-given purpose and calling. So sometimes you have to look past people's brokenness to see potential. Yes. And, and um, I, I did see a lot of potential in you. Uh, and I also saw the, the brokenness and uh, the broke, you know, the way you were thinking and the way you were acting. Uh, you know, you did love God. But uh, just, you know, some things, there were some missing elements. And, and to your credit, uh, you know, you, you, you stepped up to the plate. And, of course, it's a process. You know, we don't, we don't get to where we are overnight. There's a continue, you know, like John Maxwell says, life is a journey, not a destination. Enjoy the journey. So, uh, but I'm proud of you, Mike, and you and Lisa, and how you've waged a good warfare and battled and fought through adversity and and uh, continue to grow and develop and now how God's using uh, your new ministry to uh, touch lives and love uh, love people and add value. I, I think it's uh, to me it's very exciting what you're doing. I, I can get behind this one thousand percent. I appreciate that. And and I was telling uh, Dr. Langley that I had a friend of mine uh, on my podcast uh, last week. 
my friend my friend Jim Baker, who is not the Jim Baker that we know. Jim says he's the Jim Baker that has two K's and 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 had Tammy Faye. Two K's with Tammy Faye, right? And Jim Jim has been teaching me biblical stewardship and and I and I look back and it, and it's funny that you brought that up, Dr. Langan, because he said there's there's a different mindset when you connect with people that you have close relationships for a long time. And that's not a lot of people. Like, it's really funny. We're going to a church now um, uh, that is the, a, a pastor of a good friend of Dr. Lenglis who's taught at TLST, who I met teaching at TLST 13 years ago. And I didn't even know that he worked for Dr. Caudill. I didn't even know all that. I didn't know a lot of his background and his history. And it's kind of funny. Um, reason I've said this, Dr. Langley, and I think it's just uh, that fighting a good fight is that we have built like close relationship with every pastor that we've been under. Like I just got an email today from our pastor of the church that we just left. They prayed in front of the church and sent us off. And, you know, I, 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 up until his, his passing, uh, you know, Dr. John Lynn and I stay really, really close. And even his passing had communication conversations. And I know that he meant a lot to you. And just the, the things that we get to do. So why do you do and tell us a little bit more about I mean, you were in, you were pastoring a large church, um, and then you kind of transitioned and kind of talk about what you're doing now, and and tell us a little bit about Dr. Langley now. Yeah, so uh, you know, I was born. <laughs> <laughs> um, really? I, I uh, yeah, I you know I um, I had a great dad, and um, my parents weren't perfect. Actually, my parents got divorced when I was a young child. Um, they later on. They each remarried, and they actually, there was a, a reconciliation of sorts, and they became friends, Christian friends. You know, they didn't, like, get back together as husband and wife. But, um, so that goes to show you that even as believers, you, you still have to do the right things. You can't just, um, you know, think that you're just going to cruise uh, through life without putting in the effort to grow and develop as a, and be discipled. But at any rate, um, I did have a wonderful dad and uh, you know in that era he, probably a little bit legalistic hard-nosed in some ways but I can say this Michael as I ref reflected on it there was there's never been a time there was never a time in my life growing up where I felt that I wasn't loved and um, I think that that's uh, been part of what has driven me in a healthy way uh, to my, my heart breaks to see particularly men could be men or women but particularly men who uh, had, have not had healthy relationships and healthy a healthy father figure in their life so I wanted to be that uh, spiritually to men um, I wanted to uh, provide that for those my my spiritual sons and daughters now that Lori and I have all over the world Amen. and uh, that's just part of the DNA of, of, of who I am. I don't have to try to do that. It's just uh, kind of baked into the DNA of how God developed me. Made so, you, yeah. Uh, uh, so that was wonderful. And even, even my wife's father, uh, who was my pastor for many years, very, Amen. very close to me, um, a, a mentor, a father figure. So even though my father passed away, uh, in his 50s, uh, I've actually outlived both my mother and my father uh, at this point. But uh, Lori's dad was a, a continual presence and another father figure. 
So whether it's spiritual fathers, natural fathers, God has really um, surrounded me with some amazing men, uh, guys that you don't necessarily see on the cover of Charisma magazine, but men of integrity, men of, uh, of the word, men who loved me, nurtured me, put up with my shenanigans, uh, and, and still- You had shenanigans? Oh yeah, yeah. I, you know, that's why I can relate to people like you because uh, of course, you, you know, oh, good, good. The old birds and the feather flock together, right? Exactly, exactly. But you know, uh, so through that, you know, I went into full time ministry. I was an athlete. I wanted to play professional baseball. That was really my, my. But God had other plans, and uh, I, you know, started the process you started as a youth pastor we're worship pastors evangelism pastors senior pastor pastors planted churches on staff of churches the whole thing and uh, did that for a number of years until um, and in that process of development again kind of following that nurturing spiritual fathering theme I found myself moving from a platform of pastoring a church to kind of becoming a pastor of pastors and kingdom leaders. And so... Uh, uh, all around the world, right? Like you're doing that all around the right. world? So eventually, we pastored for uh, over 32 years. And then eventually, uh, we're able to transition uh, out of that platform into more of an, uh, a global apostolic platform. So my influence expanded globally, but it was really just the natural growth of who, who I am and, and what I feel God's called me to do. So I, I feel like it, to define it, it's difficult because when you're pastoring a church, people clearly understand who you are and what you do. Uh, that's the pastor of the church. When you step away from that box, if you will, uh, and I feel like God has called me to be a catalyst, a global catalyst for minded leaders to nurture them empower them encourage them educate them equip them to really just maximize uh who god created them to be and set and whatever he, it is that he set them on this earth to do so i feel like i'm i'm a i'm a catalyst for global leaders and um uh, of course i i love the local church i pour into pastors i speak you know, uh, around the world in different ministries and organizations. And uh, so this is an exciting time in my life because it's not so much about what I do, but it's about how I get to pour into the lives of others and help them to maximize that uh, calling and purpose on their lives. So that's, that. that's pretty much what we do now. Love, of course. Love that. Yeah. And of course, one of our, our, our tools uh, that I, I have, God's given me stewardship of, is uh, Christian Life School of Theology Global, which has three three distinct streams. We've got uh, Christian Life Global Educators Network, which is all of the churches and ministries and organizations around the world that we help them to establish their own private, branded their their identity, their graphics, their their passion, their DNA. We help them customize their own. Uh, Bible college program for their organization. That's one stream. And then, of course, we have our, our own Christian Life uh, Global uh, School of Theology, which is people that come directly to us 
they're, they're not plugged in or a part of any ministry or organization that has a school. And so they come directly to us. And then we uh, last year launched Christian Life Global Leaders Network. And that is not just for people who are looking for education or professional development, but it's how we nurture and love and serve leaders, how we come alongside them, coach them. Uh, also, you know, as we've discussed, uh, Michael, uh, many, th there are many people who have valid, uh, uh, defined ministries, but they don't fit neatly within the local church box. And so sometimes they haven't found a, uh, a platform that validates the gift and the call of God on their life. And so we provide legal licensing and ordination for people who are qualified individuals who have ministries, valid ministries, and so that they can have the same uh, uh, you know, awareness, validation, legal credentials, so that they can uh, serve in their ministries and maximize, you know, whatever it is that God has called them to do. Amen. So, um, so we've got a lot of, uh, and then of course, personally, I do a lot of life coaching and a lot of speaking as part of my my own Randall Langley Ministries type thing. So that's why you on, my brother. Yeah. So, so I'm not I'm not hurting for things to do. Um, honestly. I, I don't even work. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know how you could call what I do work. It's just <laughs> getting, getting to be who God called me to be. Amen. And, Amen. and so, uh, well, that's awesome. I'm, yeah, so so glad you shared, I'm so glad you shared all that because, um, it's really funny just, and I, and I didn't even know if you knew some of those points and how much of an impact they made in my life and how much, it, it's really funny. It, you said you don't work, and um, you know I've had residual income now for several years. And 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 this is a funny thing. It will lead us into our next segment. Is is it was really funny. Doctor Langley called me and said, "Hey, I've been taking this thing. Hey, could you look it up and research it for me?" And I was like, "Sure. What is it?" And he's like, "Well, if anybody will have heard of it, you'll you'll have heard of it." And I was like, "I've never heard of it." And literally, I just kind of boxed it on the shelf. And then I felt bad because I never went back to him and kind of researched it. And then later on, one of my friends, Daniel Bernard, who is an overseer at a, a large ministry in Clearwater, Florida, who Dr. Langley knows. And, and, and Daniel came to me and said, Hey, I need you to re do some research for some stuff for me. And I was like, well, what is it? And I, and I pushed it again aside again. And then six months later, I didn't know the impact of one statement led to another thing that allowed me to radically change my family's health. Like, uh, and I have to be real careful what I say. We, we can't say things treat, prevent, or cure, mitigate disease. But when I look at myself now compared to when I looked at myself 10 years ago, I'm, I'm not aging. I'm, I'm, I'm 52 this year. I, I'm on a, on a 90 minute to 120 minute a day exercise regimen for 90, for 90 days. I'm doing things that I wish I would have done years ago, but times change. And Randall had another influence in in that period so so why don't i ask you this question um to, i'll tell you one of the things that i miss about dr langley is that we used to do a lot of things together it's really funny my house that i just sold dr langley used to live around the corner before i actually lived there and i always said to lisa when we moved in and bought that house uh i wish dr langley still lived right down off of enterprise right there because lisa and i've lived off of enterprise because him and I used to run together. We used to play basketball together. We used to play golf together. 
We did a triathlon together. Like we did a lot of things together, right? And and I missed that. And he just said before we come on, like, I need to go visit him. He can come visit me. Now. We got all this room here. Um, it was really funny. One of my friends texted me. He says, I wish I was right out in front of your house. Right? Like there's the lake like right there. But so tell us some things you're doing nowadays to like stay healthy and fit and and how important that is in your life. Because I know it's big. Right? Well, uh, this is a big year for me. You know, I was, uh, I know this is a shock, but I was, I was born in 1960. So every, on the tens, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, now this is a, this year represents a whole new set of numbers for me. So I'm not just entering a new year, I'm entering a new decade of mm -hmm. uh, numbers. Uh, of your life. <laughs> so, but you know, uh, I, I, uh, couple of things I don't know you know I was an athlete uh in high school and, and enjoyed that Lori's dad my father-in-law was an athlete and he looked like an athlete he just looked like an athlete as he loved basketball basketball was his big thing. yeah he loved remember him talking to me about basketball all the time but when he was pastoring I was in the youth group and growing up there every single day every day Michael he would hop on his little motorcycle and drive down to the uh uh, community center and play basketball with the young guys and he would just work out get exercise in he would just uh you know he modeled that he did it and he would say to me over and over make sure that you make physical exercise a part of your schedule of your lifestyle and he he lived that he modeled that so um you know after i got out of college played, played baseball and stuff you know there wasn't a lot to do so you just kind of naturally find yourself, you know, doing it. I got into competitive racquetball, played that for years and years. I remember you were really good. And that, um, you know, yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun. I just love, and I still do, <laughs> somewhat people would say I need to dial it back probably. I don't know. I love competition. So, you? Oh, and, you love, I was about to say, you love competition. So uh, I just like to win, okay? Uh that's why I like being a Christian, right? Because the devil's a loser. He and is I, a loser. <laughs> and I, want, I don't want to be a loser. I want to be on the winning side. <laughs> I, I read the back of the book and we win. So I already decided I'm going to be on the winning team. That's uh, why he called in. That's why he called in razzed me when Clemson was playing Ohio State. I was getting all these text messages from from my bet. From it's kind of funny. My best friend Tim, who lives in Clemson, he didn't send me any text to to. But but this one. He sent me plenty of texts during that game. So hey, just, you just can't help it, you know. It's all it's it's all in fun, uh, but uh, but I love competition. There just wasn't a lot to do, so you just find things to do, uh, like racquetball or golf or or whatever. You realize you're not going back to college and you're not going to play in the pros. So, but then it just becomes a lifestyle part of who you are. So I, so for me, working out and exercising, I love it. I enjoy it. And then also, uh, it's just necessary. You know, it's part of the, it's part of who we are, spirit, soul, and body. And, you know, you know this, Michael, you only get one body. There's no do-overs. Now, you, one can, chance. you can awaken, get to a point, and the body is amazingly resilient the way God created it. Even more nowadays. The, exactly. But, you know, you've got to take care of it. It just doesn't happen automatically. The, the intentionality and the discipline that goes into 
wellness is uh, just as important as nurturing your soul and nurturing your spirit man. And, you know, being in ministry, hanging out with a lot of leaders, pastors, and so forth. Michael, I've seen a lot of people who are amazing, gifted, anointed, called of God leaders that checked out and left this life early because they couldn't get their physical man under control. And uh, so well, that's all that stuff. I mean, we, I mean, I, I, we just saw it happen with one of our, with one of our, both one of our mentors, you know, died way too young, right? It's, it's a, uh, it's an epidemic. Like I, and I don't, and I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of stickler about this, Dr. Langley. Like I see pastors on TV, some of my, my favorite anointed men of God. And then I see them and then they're just like, they can't, they turn their ministries over their, their sons or somebody else. Um, and because their health just wasn't, they weren't able you know, and, and, and I think back, I remember my grandmother telling me this. Um, God told us to present ourselves a living sacrifice, like right, yeah. ourselves that sacrifice. And so, you know, I just want to commend you on on, on staying healthy all these years and, and, and being fit and still doing the things you do. Yeah, well, you know, again, trying to uh, eat smart, not stupid. Uh, you know, whole foods, trying to, you know, anything that is – the farther away it gets from a natural state, <laughs> the worse it is for us. So just trying to just trying to be wise. People often ask me, "What diet are you on?" I'm not, I'm not on a diet. I've just developed a lifestyle. You know, I try to eat whole foods. I try and uh, you know don't eat a bunch of processed garbage. And, and you know, it's not that I don't ever have some potato chips, but it's not a part of my lifestyle. Yeah, I knew I liked you for some reason. You know. Uh, and, and I, I, like, I love potato chips and pizza, but I, I mean, obviously I don't eat them all the time. Now, you know, it, it's funny. I, I, I just got back into a size, same waist that I had when I was in college. And I weighed 178 pounds when I was in college, and now I weigh about 230 pounds. And my ultimate goal is, is I, I, I weigh about 226 right now. So I'm about 11 pounds away from my goal weight. So I'm doing this 90-day thing to, to get myself back down there. But I... I have, I'm a forward thinker. I kind of think how Brendan Burchard thinks when you think about your health. And, um, and, and so let's, let me lead into this next thing that I want to ask you about is, and you've talked about it, you like to coach and mentor people. Um, and, and one of my biggest things that I did, and it, and it goes clear back to Dr. Langley telling me many, many years ago, hey, you need some accountability. Like you just are all over the place. And so I... <laughs> Duh, we need somebody to, you know, beat us upside the head a little bit every once in a while. And then what happened to me last year, I told Dr. Langley today when I was sitting in the Jeep before we got on the call, just about the, the miracles that God is doing because I've completely turned everything over to him and let him in every area of my life. And it started back about six months ago when I got two accountability partners that we meet every single Wednesday for 90 minutes. 45 minutes is talking about our relationships with our spouses and, and then their kids and other things. And then 45 minutes is about business. And so tell me how important accountability is coming from your perspective and what you do to teach people how important that is. Well, uh, it's funny you should bring that up. I was just meeting with a pastor, a good close friend of mine, and uh, we were discussing uh, – there's a guy by the name of uh, Terry Wardle, W-A-R-D-L-E. I don't know if you know that name or not. 
Yeah. Uh, he's just one of these guys who went from success to brokenness beyond description. In fact, he wound up in a mental hospital. And uh, he, uh, he did this uh, podcast, and uh, I pr actually printed it off. And the title of the podcast is Why So Many Leaders Cave Under the Pressure of Leadership. And uh, so much of this is connected to the fact that we try and do things alone. And uh, I don't know, it, maybe it's a little bit the way guys are wired. Uh, I don't want to put anybody in a box. But I know for me, as I look back over the years, um, it's kind of like, okay, I can handle that, or I can fix this, or I can take care of that. And, you know, maybe it's a little pride. Uh, and sometimes... Maybe a lot. Maybe and, a lot of pride. Okay. Uh, and then sometimes shame. <laughs> yeah, sometimes pain. shame. Yeah. We're ashamed. Yeah. If, in other words, there's a vulnerability to accountability. Mm. And so you would say, you know, if people really knew me, if I really said this, they would reject me. They wouldn't really. So what happens is yeah. when it comes, you could, there's this fallacy that to be a leader, you have to be alone. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's lonely to be a leader. Well, there's an element of uh, leadership that can be lonely if you allow it to, or you can find peer level friends that you have solid relationship with and you can share these life experiences. Let me say it this way too. There's a difference between being alone and being lonely. Being alone sometimes is how you do your best thinking and you quiet yourself and you don't need the noise of just being with, uh, surrounded by people. But you're lonely because you don't feel, what makes you feel lonely is not being known. Uh, it's being dis, I don't have any, people don't really know who I am. And so that makes people lonely, that isolates you and that's toxic and it's unhealthy and it causes people to make poor decisions and, and to think, uh, you know, the enemy will drop thoughts in your soul, in your mind that drive you. Uh, and um, that is a, has a lot to do with this article, why so many leaders cave under, the, under pressure. It's because we're not sharing life the way we were intended to share life with others who really know us. Now, the thing is, you can't have that level of relationships with a lot of people. In fact, you can prob the level of relationship I'm talking about, Michael, you probably can only have with maybe two or three people at the most because you, you can't emotionally connect on that level with so many people. You can't. And you know... But Langley, it, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just shared this thing because you made this thought go in my head. I just did a Bible study at my old church, and it was these three pastors teaching men only, right? And, and they said that one in ten men have somebody that they can talk to about their relationships, their finances, and their health. And one in 20 can actually say that they have a best friend, somebody that they could say they know, like, and trust. And that was alarming to me. Yeah. Like, I, I did a message preached a message at my church uh, uh, on, you know, why Jesus had 12, but he had three that he was closer to, right? Peter, James, and John, right? And so, uh, yeah, share with that. That's awesome. I want to hear more about that. Well, so, you know, for me personally, because I think it has to, you know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I think that I, uh, I missed 
some opportunities and maybe took some bullets when I didn't have to. I, 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 I got wounded and hurt maybe in things. Now, uh, the good news is, you know, uh, Jesus is a healer. He's a restorer, right? Amen. Uh, but I think sometimes I was my own worst enemy because I, I, at times I didn't cultivate those kind of relationships mm, and maybe paid, paid the penalty uh, for it. Uh, but at this stage in my life, I couldn't do it without it. And uh, not only do I want to love and serve men like you and others, but I want to model healthy what a healthy leader looks like. And uh, part of that is, well, a huge part of it is our relationships. Obviously, yeah, that relationships. Is, oh yeah, that was that was kind of the next question. So maybe you can lead that into the next question. Like, what do health? What are healthy relationships? What do what can men do that are listening to us today to have better healthy relationships? Well, again, you know, relation. Obviously, our relationship with the Father. You know, if if, if our relationship with Jesus isn't right, it's going to impact every relationship. You, you know, uh, our relationship with our spouse, if you're married, you, you know, um, that is, you know, that goes without saying. Our, our kids, in other words, our, our first level of leadership is not our organization, our church, our ministry. The first level of leadership is right under our nose. It's in our house. Um, that's why the word of God even says if a man can't lead his own house well, how can lead the house but a lot of guys are trying you know and it just it just doesn't work um, but then to get more to what we're talking about here is this um this authenticity and this vulnerability with other men and women women tend to do this more naturally 100 uh, but 100%. men men have to work at it and and we don't necessarily want everybody to know all of our business and we want to be able to handle things and we want to be able to but again, without uh, without that relational connection, uh, we are missing the the strength that God intended, and the the nurturing and the support and the value. Um, so uh, I, I've known this this pastor I met with this weekend. He and I've been friends for twenty years. Wow! I, I trust him. I can talk to him about anything. And I know that there's no shame, there's no humiliation, there's no judgment. I also know he's going to speak the truth and love to me, but he has nothing to gain. He's, he's not my employee. He, he's not, um, and again, he's I- He's not going to benefit from, he's not, he's not looking to benefit from anything. He's just looking to be used by God to pour into your life, just like you've poured into my life and many others over the years. He, he's just looking to be a friend a, a, and and he and I have committed to this level of trust and vulnerability. And again, uh, so you can, you could say, you can get together with two or three guys and say, Hey, well, let's, let's make a commitment to uh, be accountable to each other. Well, <laughs> maybe I want to say, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Uh, maybe you will be accountable to a certain level. And then maybe as time goes on, you share something and you see how they, they steward that information and that builds yes. another level of trust. And so now you can go a little bit deeper, maybe a little bit deeper. But I just think that these kind of relationships, uh, they need to be God ordained and they need to be, there needs to be time 
yes. to, to develop trust because you, uh, you won't be vulnerable with people that you don't trust. No like and trust. I always say that, Randall. You have to, and, and it's funny because you'll appreciate this. So let me just preface a little bit before Dr. Langley goes on about him. He is a funny guy, right? I, I remember jokes. I remember he told this one joke about the, uh, the three southern little pigs one day. I don't know. Wee, wee, wee all the way home. He told that. To, he tells some of the funniest jokes. Like, this is how much I love this man. I remember things that he said. And you'll, you'll appreciate this. So at the beginning of this men's video talking about accountability, it's two guys sitting in a restaurant, right? And the one guy is literally has the newspaper and he's like reading the newspaper and the other guy's on the other side, right? And the other guy's texting. And the one guy says to him, I'll just use you and I, hey, Randall, how you doing? And then it takes his mind out over here and he had just start, had, had a, a, um, a yelling match with his wife. He was looking at pornography and he, he was yelling at his kids over here and then it comes back into his brain and he says oh i'm doing great and then they go back like, he goes back to texting and the other guy goes back to reading his newspaper until the waitress comes over and says hey would you guys like something to drink you know and so that mindset of what you were just saying shows that people unless you're really super honest and vulnerable and you want to get better it's funny my accountability partners i met uh i went into a kingdom-minded entrepreneur group and didn't get what I wanted out of it, but God turned it around and brought these relationships. So yeah, I just thought you would appreciate that. Well, I just want to encourage people. They might say, well, I don't have anybody like that. Well, first of all, you know, be intentional. Recognize that you need that kind of relationship. Ask the Lord to lead you, to connect you. You know, our Heavenly Father knows what we need. Um, now, now, guys can't take the place. You can't have a relationship with men and thinking that that takes the place of the relationship you have with with God. That's just mm. not going to happen. But uh, you can't have this vertical relationship with the Father that's not lived out horizontally in relationships with people. So, uh, it, so if any of our guys that are out there saying, well, I wish I had guys like that in my life, uh, look for people. And, uh, you know, begin to cultivate and nurture. Uh, and, and those could, relationships could blossom and, and, and grow into something that has that kind of depth and where you can develop the authenticity, the vulnerability, because you will feel lonely until you feel like you have people where you can be you and you can be known. And you don't have to uh, pretend. You don't have to uh, act like you're somebody that you're not. Uh, you don't have to be fearful. Oh, they're going to find out about me and they're not going to like me or, you know, all my faults, whatever. Uh, right. So, but, but it is a process. So just be committed to developing the, 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 the process. What do you think, Dr. Lane, let me ask you this. Um, what do you think are some things that maybe guys are listening to? They've heard you talk about this because I am a, um, it's really funny. Dr. Langley, <laughs> this is just so cool how he taught me, about vertical and horizontal relationships when back when he was he was mentoring us at the church and i and i and i love how i said that because a lot of people have this surface relationship but there's no horizontal relationship with god they go to church they may read the bible but there's no horizontal relationship what are some things that maybe some of the men listening can do 
to improve some of the relationships that they have. Like maybe they're just kind of surface relationships. Maybe they don't, um, maybe they don't even have a good relationship with their father or stuff like that. We know the normal things, but maybe just a couple things that you've done because you're a great husband, great father, great leader. Maybe some things that guys listening can do to help strengthen and improve some relationships that they have. Well, I think it starts with our relationship with the father and that our significance and value has to come from him. You know, so many guys are looking for, and everybody wants affirmation. And affirmation is not a bad thing. Like I'm affirming you, I'm applauding you, I'm celebrating what you're doing. Uh, but your sense of value and worth cannot come from people. It has to come from the Father. You've got to know that, you're, that you are rooted, grounded, and pleasing Him. When that is established, then you can, you can have relationships with people that are, uh, they're not toxic. The uh, relationships with, that, you can love people. You can't love people unless, until you know that you're loved. Um, That's it, so correct. It, it just doesn't, the mix just, the mixture, the recipe just doesn't work. Um, there's always an edge to it. But when, when you know who you are and you're confident that you're a loved son or a loved daughter, then that's the foundation to love people and establish healthy relationships. So uh, you, you can never skip that part. You can't skip the vertical and go straight to the people uh, because our, our, our wholeness is uh, wholeness comes from the father, not from anybody else. And people will always disappoint you, uh, no matter how wonderful and amazing that they might be. There's nobody on this planet that I love more than my wife, but I disappoint her. Uh, and, and she would say the same thing. So, uh, uh, you know, people will drop the ball. And you've got you've to know who you are as a love son or a daughter. Otherwise, it's, it's, your whole world will get rocked. You'll get we get knocked off axis and we've all seen leaders fall and they take a whole bunch of people out and you think, well, wait a minute, was this about the leader or was this about the father? See? So the only thing Paul said was imitate me as I imitate the, follow me as I follow Jesus, right? And, and so we respect, we honor our mentors, uh, spiritual leaders, spiritual fathers. Uh, we honor them as we should, but we don't let them take the place of who God is as center of it all. And uh, so, you know, so I, I would say that um, you, that part has to be number one. And then again, just Michael, the intentionality, recognize my favorite word. My favorite word. Yeah. So recognize, hold up a second. I'm a man. I need to be known. I need to have relationships so that I can share life experiences. I can, we can add value to each other and uh, I'm, I'm not alone. And until we get that recipe right, it's, it's tough. And uh, well, we don't, something breaks down, some experience hurts us, something happens in our life. We don't have anybody to talk to, anybody that we can feel we can be honest and vulnerable with. Uh, that's loneliness. And, and so that, is something that you have to cultivate. That's, and, and you know, it's, it's living a life of intentionality. Um, it's really funny. Um, I did a, um, I did a study 
um, uh, with Dr. Maxwell just recently. And, and I don't even know if you know this story, Dr. Lay, I don't know if I ever told you this, but it was a really cool thing. Uh, when I was growing up, I, I, said to my, I said to my mom all the time, like, I know Dr. Maxwell. For some reason, I know him, and something has suppressed how we met. And I was like, my mom was like, you don't know him. Like, you know, she's like, how do you? And so, and then I kept telling Lisa this. And so one day, um, I was watching some stuff that he was doing on um, the, the 15 Laws of Growth, right? For his, one of his newer books, 15 Laws of Growth. And the, fir- and the first chapter was the law of intentionality, and it, and it went. And, 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 and Randall, this is so funny, because Lisa came home that time. This is when we were back in Clearwater. Um, and I was watching it by myself. And, 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 he, and this is how he said it. He said, well, um, and for those of you that, that have, are listening and don't know much about my story, I lived in an alcoholic family. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, it, he... he He's now come to know the Lord, which is, is awesome. He, he's, he's not quite there yet. It's a journey for him, but he got saved several years ago. My wife had a prophetic dream and a gift. She told me when my dad was going to get saved. He got saved on that day when, when Lisa woke me up the night before and said, your dad's going to get saved. And I was like, yeah. And she said, no, tomorrow. I was like, what do you, thought, what do you think I thought about after praying for dad 30 years to get saved, right? Like tomorrow's going to be the day, right? And the of is this with Dr. Maxwell, uh, Dr. Langley, and I know that you are one of his leaderships and you've been through all his courses and done all his stuff, but I, he said, and this, this just encouraged me, and he said, I was pastoring a church in Lancaster, Ohio, and I literally, and, and, and for those of you that don't know, I spent the majority of my life in Lancaster, Ohio. And so I go my computer and I look up, because... When you're, when you're living in a toxic environment like I was, and I just led a guy to the Lord just recently who listened to my podcast and heard me talk about this because he was living that life with his father. And, and, and I said to him, uh, Dr. Lang, I said, I, 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 got on my, I got on my computer and I looked up, you know, church in Lancaster, Ohio, right? Literally a quarter mile down the road was the church that, that he was preaching at. And then... It was like God brought all these memories back to me at one time, right? And, 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 he, and I had these visions of the church being packed. And so I typed in, and, and, and up on the screen popped a blue bus that drove by my house. Every, I get goosebumps when I think about it. Drove by my house every Sunday, and I would walk out and get on that blue bus and go to church. And John started that ministry. Wow. And, 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 and literally... I started having these flashbacks of the church, right? At Faith Memorial Church where at that time, and now the church is completely dead. And I remember like cars parked down the, uh, you know, down the side roads and, and everything. And, and, and at that time, Lisa came walking in and she's like, are you okay? And I was weeping and weeping. And, and I said, I know who John Maxwell is. And I told her the story. And so the, the, the thing that I've taken out a lot of stuff of John's stuff is, is I, I was on a leadership call with him and asked him, why is the law of intentionality the first law? And he said, you tell me. And I began to share with him what I had read in the book. And it took me back to that time about how we have to be intentional to grow and to learn and to evolve and become the person that we've, that, that we've become. And he said, being intentional and being significant comes when you deny yourself and you let God take over and you serve others. Right. And so, um, you know, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you lead us away with one more question. And um, I'm, I'm, so gr- I'm just so grateful for, for who you are as a person 
Um, just the, that we've been able to stay friends for this long. Like Lisa and I were looking at pictures from our wedding. Our anniversary is at the end of the month on in, uh, February 28th. It'll be 11 years since we've been married, which is that time has flown by like, like crazy, right? Like it seems like yesterday, right? Yeah, well, she's an amazing woman to stick with you. I, I, trust me. I, the, the, the scripture um, on my desk, the other desk says, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with God. And to think that in my life I almost lost that and that God rescued me and 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 in seasons of my life and now I don't even know that person. Like that person is 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 kind of been buried. <laughs> Lisa says he's been buried out in the lake now, right? Yeah. But but so just a favor, share just a couple things that you would use to inspire men that are listening. Uh, maybe they're struggling with something, whatever that is, whatever God kind of puts on your heart, just to send us off. Um, maybe it's maybe it's a ministry tip, maybe it's a business tip because. Because Dr. Langley is very good at everything, like connecting people. And now I know you, you I know you're going to deny this, but it's the truth. Like, like it, it's funny. Um, and 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 I wish I could memorize it. And I, I'm going to make you say it again. You always say something, and I and I'm going to make sure that I go back and listen to the quarter. Whenever you preach, you hold your Bible up, and what do you say? Yeah. Well, uh, this is the word. I believe everything my Bible says. I believe everything my Bible says. No matter what. But I will absolutely everything that God has prepared for love that. Yeah. I love that. So send us away with something that would encourage the guys today that and, and I know that, that that we've we've talked about a lot of things and you've said a lot of things, but just something maybe that's a tip that maybe somebody's listening, they might be able to implement in their life that maybe kind of send them through this year sure well you know uh, at the end of every year and going into the, a new year and of course this year we're not just going into a new year we're going into a whole new decade um so the Six lord eight. always you know gives me a word that i like to share with leaders and actually i shared this uh, here on the last sunday with the liberty network international and liberty church in pensacola but the, the Lord gave me, and I'll just use an acronym, PTL. In other words, this year is going to be the decade of my 60s. So I've just lived my 50s, and they've been wonderful. Uh, but I've got a lot of gas in the tank. In fact, I think some of my, my best years are ahead of me. I agree with you. So, so this is what God, God said to me, is uh, I, I want to pray differently. I want to think differently. And I want to love differently, PTL. And uh, so I want to pray more from a sense What was the P? P is pray, T is think, okay. L is love. Okay. And, but but the, the emphasis is, uh, you know, whatever we did yesterday or last year in the last 10 years, we've got to do things differently. Uh, I need, you know, the world's changing, culture's changing. Seasons are changing, technologies, and everything changes, right? The only thing that doesn't change is the Word of God. Amen. The love of God, the, love of God, the Word of God does not change. Never everything changes. else changes. So if we are not doing things differently, then we're in trouble. So I want to pray uh, differently. And for me, that meant praying from a sense, an awareness of His presence, because uh, His presence is everything. 
In his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence, one word from God in his presence can change everything about our destiny, everything about our future. So I want to pray differently as in this next decade. And then I want to think differently. You know, I've got, I, I have a, you know, the way that we think about things, the way we approach things, I've got to think differently. I've got to think more strategically. I can't think the same way uh, in the future going forward as I did in the past. So I'm opening my mind up to the creativity of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Romans 12 says, uh, be transformed by the, uh, the renewing of your mind, not, not the removing of your mind. And then the Passion Translation says, changing the way you think. think. So a lot of people just need to think differently going forward and then love differently. You know, um, I, I've got to love people differently. It's so hard. Well, it's easy to get wrapped up in the culture. It's easy to get wrapped up in things that you don't like or things that, that uh, are sinful or evil or whatever they might be. But at the end of the day, people won't listen to you if they don't, if, if you don't love people, they won't listen to you. And so you need to be able to look past faults, failures, and sin, and all these kinds of things to connect with people and, and to really have their heart so they will listen to you. So I'm, I want to love people differently. I wanna, I'm asking God to give me a greater capacity to love differently as we go ahead. So PTL, uh, pray differently, think differently, love differently, going ahead. And, uh, you know, part of thinking differently, too, is what we put in our mind. And so, uh, you know, every leader understand, every good leader un understands this concept that you've got to be, a, you got to be willing to invest in your personal growth and development as a leader. What does Maxwell say? Leadership is not automatic. Okay. Again, leading back to the word we just used, intentionality. So uh, that's why even things like what we do with our, our global leaders network and Christian life educators network, it's about uh, encouraging educating and empowering people. So if there's any of our resources that we have, you know, we provide customized Christian higher education or just professional development so they can tap into the resources that we why have. Don't you, why don't you share where people can find that stuff, Dr. Langley? Like where, how can people learn about all the things that you've talked about today? How can they follow you? How can they learn more about that? Why don't you finish this, share, share some of that. Well, if, they, if, if there's a pastor or a ministry that wants to have their own private brand, their own Bible college, their own DNA, uh, they can go to clstglobal.org, uh, clstglobal.org, or if they're an individual and they, they uh, are not connected to a Bible school or a church that has a, a track for them to run on, they can come directly to us at clstgo.org. That stands for Global Online, clstgo.com. So that's not on the .org, that's on the .com. And so they can land it. And also there's information on there about our Global Leaders Network. So if they'd like to become a member of the Global Leaders Network, maybe, maybe there's listeners out there who are like you, who have great ministries, but have never found a place to get licensing or ordination. And uh, they qualify. So... You know, there's a qualification. There's a certain amount of, of uh, Christian education you need to have. You need to have a valid ministry of some sort. But uh, so we offer a, uh, a, at least a pathway 
for them to get legal licensing and ordination as well. And so uh, that they can also get information to that at clstgo.com. Awesome. Well, um, I'm so grateful um, that we had this time together. Like I, I, I know we have more to talk about and we'll probably do that in the next couple of days, but I'm just grateful that, um, and, and, and if you're listening, I just want to be transparent with you. These conversations are to inspire you to walk in purpose. Yeah. And I can't think of a better man that had inspired me to walk in purpose that believed there's two, there's really, there's several people, but there's two people really in my journey in ministry and in life that um, really saw the potential and saw who I've become um, and never gave up on me. And that was Dr. John Lloyd and the man that I'm on this call with today that has that even when I was going through some issues with my wife, I called him and he just, I could have rewound it back to several years ago when he said, you got to figure this out. God didn't put you together to, for you to, to, to let this. And, 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 you know, um, a time in my life where periods of spiritual warfare, now I can see it. I know what it is. I can see it in other people. Um, and I'm, I'm never going back there. Um, I've set up boundaries and I was telling Dr. Lang, I've set up accountability and I've, I've did things that I wish I could have did 20 years ago, but hindsight always better than what we know. Right. And so, uh, thank you for sharing your heart today. Thank you for being open and honest and transparent, which you've always been from day one, uh, just a leader and, and, and a man of integrity. Um, and so thank you. Thank you for being a part of this today. I really do. Really appreciate My it. pleasure, bro. And I'm excited to partner with you and see God do great things through Hefluence and, and, uh, you know, Love you, and uh, we're lifelong partners. So let's let's do it for the kingdom. I agree. I agree. And so, guys, thank you for listening today. Um, thank you to uh, my amazing wife Lisa, who has allowed me to follow my dreams and passions and desires that God has placed upon both of our hearts. Um, and I said this earlier. You know, a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor with God when you marry the right person. And guys, I hope that today has inspired you. Um, I've, I've been given vision and purpose for Hefluence in the places we're gonna go. The things we're doing right now, God is really working miracles. And, and so I'm grateful for every person that comes on today, but I'm especially grateful for my mentor, my friend, Dr. Rango Langley. So guys, thanks for listening. Um, you can find us on Anchor, you can find us on iTunes. Thank you guys for listening. I pray that you'll subscribe and, and you'll share this with other people because unless you share, less people hear it. And I believe that this is a message that more people need to hear and more people need to hear from people like our guests today. So until next time, thank you for listening to the Heat Fluence podcast. God bless you all. Have a great day. <laughs>